Welcome back to Blue Milk Drop, a Star Wars podcast where we'll be covering everything about the franchise that we all love. My name is Nate, and I'm always joined by my good friend, Brucker. Brucker, how you doing, man? Yo, yo! I am excited to be here to talk about Chapter 3 of the Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good one. Uh, yeah, like Brucker said, today we'll be geeking over Season 1, Episode 3 of the Book of Boba Fett. I think before we get into anything, I think we want to do a quick pulse check. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Brecker. Like, how you feeling about this? Is there anything you got to say uh, before we get started? Yeah, so I think it's a good idea, good idea to do a pulse check because we are now about at the halfway point for the Book of Boba Fett. We have seen three out of seven episodes. And this, I don't know, this, this show has been kind of weird. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's been somewhat whelming like it hasn't been blowing me away i don't know like at this point when we were watching mando we were just super excited and like stuff was crazy but this seems to be taking its time which is fine but i don't know it's been it's been subverting a lot of expectations um where are you at with the show so far Mm, it's tough like i i love it i think it's great Mm -hmm. but man like the slow play is just killing me um i feel like we're just kind of getting a whole bunch of build up and, and no action. And like you said, by episode three of the Mandalorian, we already had like that huge showdown between Mando uh, and the empire and mm-hmm. all the other Mandalorians. So I'm just like, what's going on, man. And I, I don't know if I would feel this way. If Robert Rodriguez had not said before the show came out that this is going to be the most action packed show ever. Yeah. And we're three. Epi- we're literally halfway through and I'm like, where's the action, bro? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, like episode two uh, or chapter two of this was really good, and there was good action in that. But it's 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 almost making me think that they probably should have gone ahead with their original plan and just made this a movie instead of a TV show. Oh, is that what it was? Because remember, like uh, before, people like boycotted Solo out of the Last Jedi backlash. Disney was planning to do a a standalone Boba Fett movie. And then after like people boycotted Solo for no reason really, that movie was great. They they kind of pulled the plug on a lot of stuff, including the Boba Fett movie. And then they kind of pivot pivoted in making it the TV show that we're getting now. And I'm not against TV shows for Star Wars. I think it's like a very cool idea. But just kind of seeing how this is going, I feel like it would have been a. I mean, it's hard to say now because we haven't seen the final product, but. Right now, at this halfway pulse check, I think it probably would have been better to see this as a movie. But we'll see if I'm still saying that at the end of Chapter 7. I don't know if I agree, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have some data. Um, I put out a couple of polls on our Instagram and Twitter. So be sure to follow us at Blue Milk Drop so that way you can participate in these. And thank you, everybody that is following us, liking the show. It's been really cool to see the reaction so far. We already have four five-star reviews on iTunes. Thank you so much. We just launched this a few... I don't even think it's been a full week. No. So thanks, everybody. And please share share with us with friends and keep giving us five-star reviews on iTunes and Spotify now. But um, all right. So on Twitter, I did, what are your thoughts on the book of Boba Fett so far? And I gave the options of love it, it's okay, not a fan, undecided, 55% said it's okay uh, with I love it being the next runner up and not a fan undecided tied at 9%. So it, it seems that like people are like maybe kind of lukewarm there. Um, however, on Twitter, I'm sorry, on Instagram, there was a lot of, it was kind of evenly dis- distributed. There's kind of a lot of like, eh, it's underwhelming or I really love it. So people were kind of, you know, either way on that um so it's been i don't know kind of interesting one of the interesting points though is that a lot of people did say that they actually liked the format of the past and present timelines so i did see that 75 percent of y'all voted saying that you actually think it's cool that they're kind of have these two different timelines which like hey that's fine i disagree but that's okay <laughs> I'm with uh, yeah, and I want to shout out uh, a listener named Jess. Jess actually reached out to me on Twitter, and she kind of gave me her thoughts. She said that um, she saw the questions on Instagram about the time jumping, and normally she doesn't like time jumping like this. However, 
she's so damn curious about Boba Fett that she's actually really excited about that and she's willing to make an exception for the Fett. So I totally get that, Jess. So thank you for reaching out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Jess. I don't know. I like it. I think it all works. I think it all works so far. I just really need them to just kind of speed things up at this point because yeah. I think we were all expecting something big by this by this time, but it's okay. We at least got to what is probably going to be the main conflict of the show. It would have been nice if we got this in episode two, but okay. you know what? We're, we're here, and that's, uh, that's kind of my pulse check right now. So um, I'm ready to get on to discussion for chapter three if you are. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. I just felt like that was necessary. I yeah, felt I so too. It's a good halfway you know, check-in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's how the rest of this episode is going to go. Uh, we're going to go over some show details, give everybody their credit. Um, I don't know if we need to do initial reactions since we kind of just reacted to it, but, you know, we'll leave that opportunity to speak open again. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that stood out, and then we'll move on to bold predictions and our Death Star ratings. So whoop, whoop. let's get into it. So this episode was titled The Streets of Mos Espa. It was released on January 12th, 2022. Official runtime about 38 minutes Again, this one was written by John Favreau, and this one was directed by Robert Rodriguez. So he's the one who directed the first episode, which was a little interesting. Yeah. (laughs) It was produced by uh, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Kathleen Kennedy, and Robert Rodriguez. And a lot of good stars in this one. Uh, So we got, you know, the mainstays, Tamir Morrison, Migna Wen, uh, and David Pascazzi. Uh, But our new folks are Stephen Root, Sophie Thatcher, Jordan Bulger, and Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Trejo <laughs> is now a Star Wars character, which is yeah. amazing. That's probably and it was the perfect character for him taking yes, care it of that was. monster, the Rancor. Yes, yes, yes. I loved it. I think that's so cool. So, mm-hmm. and of course, Robert Rodriguez is going to get Machete in all of his movies. But I'm I'm here for it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, and here's a little episode summary to you, just uh, for you, just to get you catch catched up, <laughs> just to get you caught up. In a flashback, we learn that Boba Fett's Tusken Raider family is slaughtered by a rebel gang. While Boba Fett was effect- was attempting to collect money from the Pike Crime Syndicate operating on Tatooine. In present day, Boba Fett awakens from his back to tank slumber to the second attempt on his life uh, by Bigfoot himself, uh, Black Santon, <laughs> <laughs> who was sent by the Hut twins. Uh, shortly after, we get a Hut apology, and Boba ends up releasing his assassin owning a baby rancor and is left with a warning to leave the planet by the huts after a low speed chase throughout the streets of Mos <laughs> uh performed by our very own power ranger spy kids uh slash inspector gadget we find out why boba fett was told to get off world the pikes are back in town so dun 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 Oh my goodness, you took all of my jokes. You took all of my jokes. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I just had to make fun of it a little bit. Yeah, no, do they just look like Power Rangers when they pull up to the mayor's office? You know, all the different colors, all in a V formation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. This was was such a. It was goofy. I do want to talk about that bike gang. Let's get like, there. Let's get uh, yeah, there. Yeah, let's get there. Let's okay. wait. Let's wait. Let's, oh let's, let's go slower than that chase scene. But yeah, we'll get there. Um, so I still want to have like a little n- initial reactions to this episode. <sighs> Man, it, it was, I feel like that this was not good. I mean, like there's stuff about it that I like. Like, you know, we talked about Danny Trejo. The Rancor was really cool. The whole Black K assassin attempt. I, I liked that fight scene, I thought that was Black pretty K's cool. The Wookie, for those wondering, yes, um, Black Chrysanthemum. I could say that now. Um, I, I mean, th- there was stuff about this episode that I liked. There were elements, but there were also things that I don't know. It was very underwhelming. I actually saw that out of all of the Disney Star Wars TV episodes, so all of the Mandalorian, all of this, this is actually the lowest rated one on IMDb, which I. I'm not surprised not by surprising. actually. Yeah, not it's not. And its rating was a 6.7 out of 10. And just for reference, chapter two of this episode has an average rating of over eight out of 10 on IMDb, which, mm-hmm. hey, that's just IMDb. Doesn't really mean anything, but it's at least a metric to, to you know, compare it to. And I don't know, it just, this episode just felt, 
if it, like you kind of like how you said at the beginning, it just felt slow. Felt like it was really taking its time to get to the point. And yeah, I don't know. I I, I am anxious to get to the stuff that I did like, but I don't know. What were your initial reactions, Nate? My thought was, um, is Robert Rodriguez the problem? <laughs> hmm. And I don't, and I don't mean that to be like rude, and I'm I'm sure it came off that way, but it's just like the two episodes that people I guess weren't really as responsive to, like including yourself and myself were the two episodes that he recorded or yeah. he directed. Cause like Steph Green had episode two. She did her thing. You know, mm-hmm. that was I'd love rewatching that episode. This That's one, a really good three, one. Yeah. This one, I'm sorry, I keep saying episode chapter three. This one was um just not it was hard to rewatch, honestly. So cause like I watch it once for just my pure enjoyment and just being able to see it before my work day, right? And mm-hmm. then I watch it again for note taking, and then maybe I'll watch it again just before we start recording. I didn't want to watch it a third time. I actually had trouble watching it the second time because I was just like, "There's one good scene in this," and that was pretty much it for me. I was just kind of waiting for it to be over. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but there were a lot of positives. There were a lot of positives. A lot of cool things came out of this, um, and it I was think like we the- finally got an idea of where the story's going, and I think that's a big thing. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a big thing. And yeah, it's like holistically, this wasn't great, but there was like a lot of details in this that I liked. Like mm-hmm. the like, like the Power Ranger gang that we kind of, you know, make fun of. Yeah. It like they don't exactly make sense, but I loved like the little details about them. Like I loved seeing like their body modifications coming into play during the chase scene. Like I thought that was actually really cool. And mm-hmm. They Go-go did fe- foot spike. <laughs> yes, like I, th- I honestly, I was like, that's kind of neat. Like, and that's like a weird mm-hmm. thing to see. But I mean, like, I feel like that that didn't feel like outside of the scope of Star Wars, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And they did this biker gang did feel like like they honestly felt like comic book Star Wars characters that I could see running into, you know, when reading the comics. And <laughs> but going to the point I made, I think in the first episode recording like the our recording for chapter one they talk about there's a gang of people and they're half man half machine again i feel like robert youths youths i I feel like robert rodriguez was wishing he was doing the vader show and i i don't know i i just again i was like how would they tie into the vader show they don't but like it's still like people that are like half man and half machine and like Mm. that's how they describe them that's how obi-wan describes vader he's like more machine than man now Mm. and it just it, it just still feels like he was just it, it, it just feels like he wishes that he was directing the Vader show in my opinion but I don't know. Well, if this is his audition, he's not making a good case for himself, honestly. Yeah, but. and and I also want to point out that the cinematographer for the chapter 2 was Dean Cundy, which have you ever heard of that name, Nate? Nope. Dude is a legend. He's done a bunch of movies. He's he's done he's done um He's done like the original Halloween, The Thing, um, <laughs> Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, um, Escape from New York. He's he's a he's a really 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 good cinematographer. He even did Jurassic Park too. Like like the dude is a really good cinematographer, and I definitely think that played into why those shots also looked so good in Chapter Two. And in this, I wasn't getting any of that like moment of awe really. There was one moment uh, whenever he okay. was writing the um ooh bantha the bantha the big woolly mammoth looking thing with the horns the bantha uh there was a shot where he was kind of boba fett was riding it in the desert and you could see one of the sons of tatooine just kind of off on the uh horizon and i thought that was a nice shot i thought that was mhm i don't know it was serene no no that was good but i don't know i i just felt like i could <laughs> see the, the cgi <laughs> of it though <laughs> yeah this is not going to be a downer episode. We're still Star Wars homers, but uh, yeah, plenty to say. Okay, well, let's go into like what stuck out uh, since we've already kind of gone gone that way. But let's start from the beginning. Let's go like a little bit sequentially. I like how right off the bat they kind of gave us the story that we've kind of all been wondering about of how was Mos Espa being run before Boba Fett came into into place into office, so to speak. And it was the the robot. Just kind of telling us like Bib Fortuna, the guy who was here before, but came after Jabba, had split up Mos Espa into um, to three territories that was ru- that were ruled by the Trandosians, 
which I guess we got our answer. That's why there's a lot of them coming around. So I think they're going to come into play, maybe a team up. Uh, the Aqualish and the Clatoonians. So we haven't seen any Aqualish so far. We haven't seen any Clatoonians, uh, for those wondering, um, or Clatoonians, excuse me. <laughs> but it was nice to get an idea of like the space that we're mm-hmm. in. You know what I mean? Because I, I, it, that had been killing me. I'm like, what's going on? Like, how did, how did things go? Like, why are things so bad now compared to before? And it's like, okay, he just, he's just stirring the pot, kind of just being here. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Would you, did you pull anything away from that? Uh, the Transdosians really, you know, piqued my interest because I thought that was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I mean, I thought it was a cool thing. Again, I don't know why we didn't get this in the first two episodes because now we're halfway through the season. But mm-hmm. um, I know, I mean, I liked all this and I especially like, I think that this is the point you're about to get to was the moisture farmer broker that mm-hmm. comes in. I did like th- this first ha- this first part of the episode because I found it ironic because it's like, okay, so he basically just hired him to be a bounty hunter again to go yes. and take care of yes. <laughs> to go and take care of the the gang like could you imagine because i don't think anybody would have asked jabba to do that no 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 not at all i thought it was uh i thought that guy was like super disrespectful um yeah nobody respects you like saying that to him and then kind of setting him off on this task with no context actually to like the full situation because it turns out this guy was like a huge scumbag and overcharging people for water, which is why they had to steal it in the first place. The guy's base, basically the space Nestle stand-in for this. Yeah. So, oh like, <laughs> so I, I did like that, and I kind of like how they, you know, because you know they show so many ties to Boba Fett and water. He talks about how he grew up with it. The how the Tuscans used to, uh, you know, rule over the 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 seas of Tatooine when it used to be water and everything. Now they run. Uh, run over the or rule over the the sand dune seas and you know him you know helping them find those watermelons and things like that so I, I found all that to be really cool and I liked how he is definitely a man of order kind of you know it's definitely like hey you shouldn't be charging this much for water and mm-hmm. you, I'm going to be 500 credits and you're going to like it or you could go to most Isley's I, I kind of liked all that yeah yeah, it was it was interesting. And I think there's uh, there seems to be like a big theme around water, I guess, for this whole show. And I've got like a big prediction as to Ooh. where this could be going and like why this show is called what it is. Um, but I guess we'll kind of we'll kind of get there. You know, I, wanna... I wonder I'm sorry. I wonder if that's why he besides the his pain. I wonder if that's why he's always going back to the back to tank just to be surrounded by water again. I don't know. Anyways, I don't know. <laughs> tinfoil hat theory. Go on. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm here for it. I do want to talk about the kids, though, the youths that he was talking about again. I know we just talked about them, but um, I just remembered that some people had texted me talking about how they looked. So, like, the I, I agree, like, the cyborg machine, you know, attachments to their body. That was cool. And it did tie in with Star Wars. But how did you feel about their, like, 80s steampunk kid look so i felt like it didn't make sense to what they were like what their dialogue was on because they're talking about how they didn't have enough wage to make water or to purchase water but they had enough to have super nice shiny bikes super nice clothes and like all these like these expensive body body modifications and we know they're expensive because at the end, the the, the gentleman with, with the robot eye says, you know, he paid for it and he's proud of it. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of just like, like, I feel like you're talking out of both sides of your mouths in this conversation because it's like, so you have money for all of these trappings, but not for water. And I understand water's being overpriced, but it, I don't know, it, it felt very hypocritical. See, how I how I kind of viewed it, um, so like the text I was getting were people kind of criticizing it, but how I, I kind of viewed it and why I felt that they kind of stuck out like a sore thumb in this show, like with their super shiny bikes and the bright colors compared mm-hmm. to like the sands and the tans that we get of Tatooine is that they just kind of reminded me of like 20 somethings who <laughs> are going with the latest trends, right? You know, they follow the Instagram accounts where, you know, it's like style and everybody like and I'm, I'm thinking like the New York of the Star Wars world is like Coruscant. So Coruscant 
for those who don't know is like the capital planet it's basically like the dc of star wars it's where all of like the politics are kind of handled but it's where a lot it's like the center of the universe so to speak you know and i feel like they have a lot of influence and i'm sure there was like you know a little coruscant style that they were trying to pull in tatooine despite being where they are and in terms of like the body modifications i saw those as like the equivalent to like getting piercings and getting tattoos and like mm. looking like not how everybody else looks on tattooing, you know, like not conforming. Kind of like, yeah, exactly. They're just like expressing themselves or like rebelling against um, the man, so to speak. So that's kind of, how, kind of how I viewed it and how I kind of like allowed myself to accept that mm-hmm. <laughs> they look like Power Rangers and Spike Kids. <laughs> and, and Spike I like Gadget. that. <laughs> I like that. I mean, to me, my my initial reaction was, I wonder if this is some sort of callback or just like nod to George Lucas, because I think his like breakout movie was American Graffiti, mm-hmm. which is a movie that takes place during the 50s and is about like high schoolers uh, on graduation night. And they all have like these hot rods and everything. And these motorbikes kind of re- gave me that like 50s hot rod feel kind of. And I wonder if it was kind of like a nice homage to george lucas for for that so that's kind of like where i was kind of coming from so i was like okay well like like i i I don't like how it it just sticks out like a sore thumb because i feel like everything on tatooine should be like should look like grungy and beat up like it's been through it you know Mm -hmm. but um I, i did appreciate at least what i am thinking is an attempt to give a nice homage to lucas okay Nice little pandering for the episode. That's good. That's like the second time Robert Rodriguez <laughs> has done that <laughs> in this show. He is two for two. All right. Well, those kids, they held their own in a fight. Was that surprising to you? Like, because the first time, so whenever he was trying to, whenever uh, Black K was trying to kill Boba out of his mm-hmm. back to tank, I was surprised how well they handled themselves. I was too. I, I mean, can, can we just say that I think that this was the best part of the episode? Uh, this is the... Yes, hands down. Awesome. He was terrifying, dude. He was actually really scary. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it, it was a good jump scare. Like I honestly, yeah. like I kind of, you know, jumped a little bit in my seat when, uh, when you know, he grabs him out of the back to tank. I thought that this was all really good. I could have used like some actual like bruising or blood or something from Boba Fett because he was getting his butt whooped, you know, because he had those. Uh, those like Star Wars brass knuckles that were that look worse than brass knuckles and just across mm-hmm. the face, but there's no, you know, damage Lots, or anything. Yeah. He he doesn't even have any inflammation. Um, that kind of bugged me a little bit. But uh, the the biker gangs were cool. I think one of them whipped out. Was it a vibro blade? Was that a vibro blade that we saw the mm-hmm. the the woman? And one of them had like this cool like electro whip. Like that was really cool. I liked yeah. that. Yeah, the bruising would have been necessary. I don't think we've really seen a lot of blood in Star Wars except for like that one scene in episode four yeah. where the guy gets his arm cut off and they're like, oh, I don't know if we like the blood. Let's just not do that again. Yeah, but like we at least see like our heroes get dirty and damaged or whatever in fights. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, it just felt weird. And it, I did also kind of love how funny it was that Boba Fett is just he's just like a slime ball throughout the fight. Like he looks like that uh, black cage just like ripped Neo out of the matrix. Like it was, it was pretty, I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's a good talk. I was thinking he looked like just like a small sumo wrestler in his like little underwear <laughs> with the waistband thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he comes running back in after they finished the fight and he's in his robe. <laughs> I also want to know just like how, such a dad. How the heck did this behemoth Bigfoot, you called him Bigfoot, he is a Bigfoot, how did this Sasquatch sneak into Jabba's palace and the pig guards and Fennec didn't notice this? Like, I I, I have to see that of of this giant furry thing just like sneaking around the palace. I have to see that. Mm -hmm. With like his little Pink Panther music. Uh, oh my goodness God. and it, so i actually had some suspicions until everybody kind of showed up because i was wondering i was like dude where's fennec at like why is she why did she take so long to kind of get here um so at some point i kind of <laughs> i i kind of have like this theory in the back conspiracy? of my head yes that she's like conspiring with other people to like get boba but like to get close to him mm. and i was like she's taking forever and then she showed up and i was like okay i guess maybe not but 
Oh, there was a there. Oh, you know what? No, that 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 could be an interesting theory because earlier on, uh, I think when, I think it was around like when the moisture farmer broker, like maybe right before he came, he was mm-hmm. talking with Fennec about how they're going to game plan for, I think like the the assassins, and mm-hmm. Fennec's like, should I go ahead and like put the word out on the street and like look for some of this? And Boba Fett said, wouldn't that alert them? Like, wouldn't they know that you would do that? And she's like, oh, I guess so. So I wonder if like. Maybe like, like maybe that could have been like a little seed thing of like her like she is like trying to sabotage him in some way. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. That would make sense while we're not like getting a whole bunch of her because it's like maybe the directors don't want us to like get an attachment to her in this show yet because she's going to be a bad guy. But who knows if not, mm. if they don't do that, I'm going to be disappointed because she's a cool character and they're completely wasting her three episodes. In. Oh, she is so cool. That also makes, because now I'm also thinking about it because uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but, but when we eventually do get to the mayor's office, the Mok Shayiz is gone very quickly. Mm-hmm. If you think about it from like the time that his, uh, his like Twi'lek uh, helper person uh, locks the door and when they get in there and he's gone like this is like a little a big slug dude i can't imagine him moving very quickly mm-hmm. so i wonder if fen if if going with the idea that fennec is conspiring that maybe she gave them a heads up and he went ahead and was already gone Ooh, that's a good point because I think about that because it's like we saw the major domo leave but like where did mock go mm-hmm. unless he was already with the pikes i don't know hmm yeah interesting make you go hmm um (laughs) (laughs) anyway so while he was having that sorry are we done with this uh the black k assassination attempt it was pretty cool yeah i liked it i don't have anything else to say besides it was rad and you know this was the highlight of the episode in my opinion yeah i think this is also the first time we've seen like a wookie like hand fighting because like we saw them fighting in episode three with weapons right against the droids and kashyyyk on their home planet but this is the first time we've actually seen them like kind of go toe to toe with somebody like we've maybe seen Chewbacca slap somebody around, but not like this. Mm-hmm. So something cool. that I did want to add on is that uh, when they captured him in like the Rancor pit, mm-hmm. I was thinking and hoping it's like, oh, is he going to be like the new Rancor? Like, is are they just going to keep him down here and then they're just going to send, you know, people that they are assigning uh, for execution by you know battle with beast down into the pit to fight black k i was like that would be mm-hmm. kind of cool that would be interesting because i mean he was a gladiator and he's just like kind of matches oh, the yeah. whole vibe of like falling in the pit with the gladiator you know duke it out and he's going to kill you anyway and it would be a nice little call back to solo whenever the empire was keeping chewbacca in his little pit also exactly so i don't know but he i mean he just let him go like right off the bat and it made me think too when he let him go, does Black K owe him a life debt now? Because it's oh, like a definitely. thing with the Wookiees. Yeah, I think so too. Because it's like a thing with the Wookiees that if somebody saves your life, you <laughs> you're indebted to them. You know, until you I guess at least until you save theirs. Mm-hmm. But who even knows? What uh, what I want to talk about real quick though is we keep getting these little Kabito flashbacks, and I feel like a crazy person trying to decipher. I guess what the purpose of these little callbacks are. Cause like my current train of thought is that they're using these Camino flashback scenes to remind us that he does have a ship and they're just like, just planning that every episode, like he's got a ship. Don't forget. Don't forget. We're not using it yet, but he does have it. Um, hmm. But I think there's, there's gotta be more to it. And I, I'm trying to figure that out. You got any theories? or? Well, it's that- so hard to decipher. And I was frustrated by this because it's the same clip every episode. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we just get like a tiny bit more of it. But mm-hmm. and I, dude, I gave that like the biggest sigh of just like, ugh, like, <laughs> like, like, like when he went to the back to take it. I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm. But anyways, at least so, it came back to present day. That was yes. At least so. it came back to present day for boring stuff. But I just also okay. I, I, I don't know. I I don't know how to how to decipher the Camino stuff. But at least in his back to tank uh, <laughs> exposition dream, you know, we got to find out what happened to the Raiders, and I I think that this that this tribe was killed off so unceremoniously. Like they mm. were 
I don't know, I was attached to them, and I kind of hate that it all happened off screen. You know, do you think that they're all dead? I don't, I don't know that they're all dead. I th- I mean, we didn't see the warrior. No, we didn't see the so, warrior that he was training with. We did see that the the chief is. So that'd be kind. Yeah. Of, that'd be a, a cool thing to find out. One of them did did escape. And we just don't know it, but I feel like that we should have gotten more out of out of that. And I'm sorry mm-hmm. to be so negative, but I just no. It's it's cool. I think I don't know. I thought it was fine to do it off screen for like more of dramatic effect of him going to do something. Because when he leaves, he's like he looks like a nobleman. You know what I mean? He's on his creature and he's writing to the city and he's going to come back with the money that they earned. And then he comes back and it's just like, everything's burned down. But my thoughts are, I don't know that all of them are dead. And that's why I don't, I'm not, I don't have a problem with them not showing the massacre on screen. <clears throat> Cause like you said, the only confirmed kill that we got was the chief and they kind of like implied that the child was dead because you remember that little stick he threw Mm. in like that was the kid's gaffy stick and he like threw it into the fire that was so they're implying that the child's dead but i I don't actually know that the kid's dead so i think that the warrior woman and the child are probably still alive with a few of maybe some other stragglers that were probably um captured by the people who were responsible and i don't know that the biker gang is responsible I know Ooh. they left their. I know the mark was left, but I don't know that they're the ones who did it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to at least argue my point for wanting to see it because I think that this would have been a really good opportunity for building tension and suspense in this show. Because could you imagine how suspenseful it would have been if we see him? You know, we see Boba Fett leave the tribe to go on his diplomatic mission and his conversation with the pike leader is intercut with the tribe being attacked and how you kind of see that this was a ploy to get him away from them from the pikes to so that way they could go and attack the the tribe at least that's like my read of it and i think that i think i feel like that would have built so much suspense and action and like you know getting emotion out of your audience too mm-hmm. so i don't know that, so that's they, such... so they like can anticipate the dread a little bit and just feel it yeah yeah and like also get i don't know to me because the tuscan raiders are native american stand-ins in, in the show I, I i believe and it's i don't know to to give them because in the first two episodes they were given very prominent roles and everything but then to just kind of wipe them just to kind of like exterminate them in this and then not make it like a bigger deal i feel like is just not just for the characters that they are or like who there's a possible stand-in for i don't know i felt like it should have been a, a bigger deal but i don't know yeah yeah i can see that I, I am curious to see who you think actually attacked them though because you said that you don't think it's the biker gang i'll say that you're going to save it? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, Hold no, me in, in suspense? Okay. <laughs> I had to think about it. I had to think about it. No, I do like what you're talking about, though, in terms of, like, the extra scenes that could have gone into it to, like, lead to this. I think that would have been nice. It would have been it would have been something to see. But I feel like we keep getting... We get a lot of, like, Tusken Raider slaughters, and I feel like that maybe was the reason why they didn't want to show it. Because, like, from Star Wars Episode Three, the movie... Um, we see Anakin like cut some people down. So maybe they didn't want like a repeat of that scene or like some sort of comparison. Mm. That's my only thought. I guess I'm thinking like the producers on the show or something. Yeah. I guess, I guess they, I guess they can't go too violent because of this is for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving forward a little bit. So I think we, I, f- I forgot to mention this because <laughs> I was jumping back and forth, but so after the assassination attempt, we, get the discussion between Boba Fett and Fennec and they're talking about how to respond to the huts because mm-hmm. they know that the huts did this for sure. <laughs> and then right off the bat, the huts are like knocking on the front door like, Hey, sorry. <laughs> that was us. <laughs> that was us. That said the assassination attempt literally five minutes ago. Um, my bad. Yeah. Be, don't hate us. It's just <laughs> business. But what did you think of this scene? I thought it was interesting, but I kind of, just like this whole back and forth between is it the huts is it mock it felt like whiplash one yeah, episode after annoying. the other it's annoying 
It is, but I'm kind of happy to see them gone because like huts are gross. I'm <laughs> I'm happy to to not be dealing with them. But you know, th- this is how we get our Danny Trejo introduction into the franchise, which was really cool. I I thought that this was neat, and I love how like here's a little gift for you. It's a rancor. And the whole time I was thinking, how the hell did these slugs get get a rancor? <laughs> <laughs> they had they have resources. They got some people. Mm-hmm. But that was cool, dude. He, I mean. I hope. Did you trust Danny Trejo? Did you trust his character? Yeah, you did. I did. Yeah. Oh, did, you, did were you like I don't trust this dude? There was a part. So whenever um, he's introducing Boba to the Rancor, the way he's talking, there was like I felt a little bit of tension, and like when I watched it uh, with Sarah Catherine afterwards, even she was just like, "Was that?" Was that weird? Like, did he seem like he was going to stab him in the back or something? And I was like, oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. I hope he's good. I I want more of him. And I want, like, a team up of some sort. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where we're going to stand with it. I don't have any, like, crazy theories. I just thought he was. Uh, <laughs> you and I think guy. that every other character is, like, out to get Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they're doing this freaking show, man. Everything is, like. To be fair, like, all of Tatooine is against him pretty much. Hmm. I mean, they came out and said it right at the beginning. Nobody respects you, man. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. God. So they gave him this little warning about we're getting off world. You should do it too. Turns out it's the pikes that are running things. And that was probably a little trigger for him because, you know, we had just gotten those flashbacks about, well, maybe it wasn't triggered, but we just got, you know, the flashbacks of them, of him trying to work with the pikes, them telling him, like, we're not going to pay you until you get rid of uh, your competition. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know it. Everything is just like what? What's the saying? Like smoke and where there's smoke, there's fire. Where there's smoke, there's fire. nah. I don't know if that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> like no, that's not <laughs> it. Never mind. <laughs> uh, anyways, moving on. What what other things like stuck out? I mean, I feel like that we kind of talked about the mayor's office already and the mm-hmm. whole chase scene, which was you know a little lackluster. Um, and I did like though how this episode ends with the, the the biker gang the guy with the eye kind of doing some recon on the pikes and relaying back to boba fett i thought that this was really cool just kind of gave me some like you know spy intrigue sort of feels and like i i think that'd be a, kind of a cool direction if the show went into with like boba fett trying to i don't know uh get a mole within the pikes or something like that because you know mm-hmm. he this is about to go to a war and yeah. espionage is a big part of war so i think that'd be kind of cool if we get that so I, I like i like how this ended i will say that i thought it had a good ending i thought it was interesting and i kind of like the direction that they're setting up so I, I will give those good notes for this okay good what do you what do you think they are setting up i guess we can kind of segue into where is this going in our bold predictions where do you think yeah i mean like i just think that uh I, I like the idea of Boba Fett having to lead a war, you know, um, and I'm now because my original bold prediction of the whole show was that there was going to be some sort of war climax and Boba Fett was going to have to recruit the Tusken Raiders to help him. But now I wonder if there's any left from his tribe that he can actually recruit now, because I wonder how much of them were wiped out. Um, and that could be something like you said, like they're hiding that maybe one of them did escape and now he or she will be able to recruit more. But um, I, I I like that maybe now that he's gained the respect from these biker gang that like maybe they had no more people. And so I just want, I have a feeling that next episode is going to be, he's going to find some other pocket of people that are like outsiders and he's going to be able to recruit them somehow. So that's what I'm kind of predicting for the next episode. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we we have a prediction that can kind of tie into each other. So you're talking about him recruiting another pocket of people. My suspicion is that that pocket of people are going to be the Trandosians, who we have seen <gasps> so far. That would be so cool. Which is why we've seen them so much. And like just a little bit of like background on the Trandosian people is that they are hunters. They are very much so like think of Mad Max, like witness me, like you need to see me. <laughs> do this crazy like life-threatening stunt and we like will respect you as a person you know if you like come out on top right 
So my thought is that this episode was just kind of giving us all the little clues to kind of put together and to like build into the story. So I'm thinking that he is going to learn how to ride that Rancor. He's going to ride through the town. And I feel like that is like such a huge flex because we saw like that one assassin who, who he was just like, you know, order of the night when they don't talk, they're the scariest people. But whenever he got face to face with the Rancor, he was like, I'm talking, please don't let that thing kill me. So I feel like that's <laughs> like kind of how like everybody else feels about it. So him riding this thing through town <gasps> would just be like, Ooh, we do respect this guy. Cause he's right. Look at that thing. He's right. That man. would be so cool. Yeah. That would be so cool to see him just riding that through the, the streets of most Espa. That would be mm-hmm. really rad. Yeah. I mean, imagine how you'd feel seeing somebody riding through town on a freaking bear or like a tiger. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, man, that guy, that guy's crazy. I don't want to mess with him. That guy's going places. Yeah. So I feel like he's going to get the respect of the Trandoshans. He's going to get at least like that third of the city to kind of support him. And maybe we get the other guys down the road, but we haven't even seen them. So I don't, I don't think they'll come into play. Mm, I, I really do hope that we get the Trandoshans to be a bigger part in this because I like I've said before I think that they're really cool characters mm-hmm. and creatures to look at so I, I would like to see them in this um, I also wonder if we're done with the flashbacks now because I, I I'm, I'm curious to know I'm curious to see if they will continue that because I feel like that is kind of wrapped up like I feel like that we have who he is why he is this way and how his possibly how his journey with the Tuscans ended so um do you think that we'll get more flashbacks a little bit um okay. so i was kind of hinting before that i don't think that the biker gang were the ones that killed the tuscans i think it was the pikes i think the pikes yeah set are like pitting the tuscans against the biker gang because i don't know i feel like when you're running some sort of operations you want to cut costs as much as possible and one of the costs that they're having to pay is this protection fee to go through the desert which is all of Tatooine so it's just like and he even the leader even said he's like we're not going to pay two different parties to protect us we're going to pay one of you so whoever comes out on top that's who we're going to end up paying so I feel like that was him like pitting them against each other then and then whenever Boba Fett had left I'm sure he had some spies in the desert who you know wiped out the Tuscans. They left the mark of the biker gang just to be like, let's just send him in that direction. Let him just rampage these people, kill them, getting, get him off our hands. And then maybe he'll get weak enough to the point where we can just kill him and just pick mm. him off. And now we don't have to pay these protection fees at all. We're saving money. And I think that's kind of where it's going to go, which is why like the pikes showing up again mm-hmm. in the future and like in present day, it's just like, Ooh, they came back for more and they want some. So I feel like that's where these like back and forths are going to kind of come into play. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I almost wonder if Mok Shayiz is actually the puppet master behind all this, because they th- th- make it seem like that Mok Shayiz just gave the territory to the Pikes. But mm-hmm. I also wonder if Mok Shayiz was also being a puppet master while Boba Fett was in the, the desert too and like orchestrating the pikes and the, all the different factions against each other and the way that you described it sounds a lot like palpatine during the clone yeah. wars so i think that would make perfect sense for them to mirror that here mm-hmm. it would make sense can i can i tell you where where i think mock is kind of plays into this whole thing i want to hear that so badly yes okay so i i see him okay let me just state some facts real quick before i kind of put it all together so my first question that after I watched the show was what is the end game of the Pikes and what is the end game of Makshaiz, the mayor of Mas Espa, and why are they working together? So a few facts. Number one, the Pikes main operation is dealing spice, AKA drugs in the galaxy. So I'm like, okay, they're dealing drugs. What, what does that have to do with Tatooine? Two, Here's what I think it has to do with Tatooine. So to create this spice, they need a workforce to mine the spice, right? So they mine the resource that they convert into the drugs, the spice. Uh, they use slaves to accomplish this task. We, we got note that they use slaves uh, in Solo. But the current state of the, of the galaxy right now is that the Empire is gone. So the Empire would typically turn their head to 
to slavery because if it benefited them financially in some way, then they'll they'll look the other way. But they're gone. So we have the new republic who is in place, and they are the now central government of the galaxy, and they abolished slavery. So they got rid of slavery. So that would probably cause a lot of issues because if you are running an operation with slavery, they're probably going to intervene and you don't want those issues with your, you know, your criminal organization, right? Fact number four, (laughs) water (laughs) seems to be a major theme in the show. Uh, It's basically gold on Tatooine uh, because it's such a scarce resource uh, and it's completely necessary to maintain life, right? And then five, another fact that we got from the show is that the youths indicated that there is currently no work available in Mos Espa, which is what led them to steal water in the first place. Okay. So with those five things kind of all put together, I think the end goal for the Pikes is to use Mokshai's to prevent the working class from being able to work, right? Mm. He's the mayor. He can kind of control how things are running, right? So he stops a, like a third of his whole population from working to the point where, you know, they can't afford the basic necessities. Two, Makshai's hikes up water prices. So he, he works with the brokers like that one guy that we saw in the beginning to make water so unaffordable that it's hard to come by. So with this, this would cause like a lot of people to suffer because they need the water and they just become dehydrated. And just kind of tying that back into like the real world, like how would that be relevant to anything in our world? Dehydration and starvation are like historically known tactics used to serve like political, mm. military and economic goals, right? Um, this is called deprivation and it's just used to control populations of people by cutting off access to uh, like the means of sustaining life. So in the case of Tatooine, the mean of sustaining life is water. So through deprivation, the pikes are able to like manipulate the citizens of Mos Espa of this town. Uh, to turn themselves over as slaves or Mm. in legal terms, indentured servants to work the spice mines in exchange for the resource that they're being deprived of. And this is considered uh, in our world, uh, human raw material. And this is completely legal. And this is something that still happens in the world in some places. Yeah. And because of the population, like, like I said, willingly turning themselves over, this keeps the new, new Republic out of their way. Uh, they have no jurisdiction to kind of like intervene on this planet. Uh, so I'm thinking that Mokshai's and the Pikes are just kind of working together to deprive the population of this town to get slaves to work for their spice operation. And that's why this is all kind of happening. But mm. that's my thought. I think that's a, a real possibility for for what's going to happen and i kind of like how you can kind of see how that's being orchestrated i i wouldn't be surprised at all if that's what happens or is is the plan yeah and here's my here's my supporting argument for this is so this show is called the book of boba fett right random there is one other (laughs) thing that we can kind of like tie it into of like a similar title and there is a movie called the book of eli uh it's the one with denzel washington in a post-apocalyptic world. So in that show, it's a similar case. Water's hard to come by. Uh, Really just general like hygiene products in addition to that. But anyways, water is the main thing. So like the guy who controls the water controls the world. And I feel like that is where the title for the show kind of came in. And it kind of makes sense to me with like the whole theme of water throughout the show. Mm -hmm. So long-winded argument aside, apologies. (laughs) (laughs) sorry you have to hear my voice so much but that's kind of where i thought it was going and this wasn't just something i just kind of like thought up on the spot like i was going through references and i was like reading things and i was reading about you know the art of war and how tactics are used and things of that nature so like and i'm i'm pretty convinced of this hmm i i kind of like that theory especially that tied to book of eli thanks i don't know you don't have to agree with it or anything i just Ooh, brain dump. <laughs> <laughs> I could Got tell that you've been like waiting to just Dude, like, express I've... that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's nice to, you know, hear that because when, I don't know if people know, but like when you and I watch these episodes, we really don't tell each other what we're thinking at all because we just mm-hmm. want to get it all out here. So it's so I know that we're both like, oh, my God, I got to like 
tell him what I think about this, <laughs> yeah. and then you steal all the Power Ranger jokes from me. And so yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm, I am now starting to like kind of like the 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 crime boss kind of like orchestr- orchestration that's kind of going on in the background. I think that that is going to be really cool to see those plans be laid out whenever we do get to see them. It would tie in. I mean, it makes sense. Just like you were talking about Palpatine just kind of being the puppet master and like mm-hmm. the entire Clone Wars pitting everybody against each other when really it's just like he was just weakening everybody so that he could take over. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. This It's interesting where this show could go. Um, I feel like we're probably giving it a lot more <laughs> like <laughs> prediction credit than it deserves right now. But uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any do you have any other predictions or any other comments you, you want to make before we close no the show? i don't um i'm just ready to get to the death star rating if you are okay all right out of five death stars what do you give this episode this chapter <sighs> honestly i'm gonna be kind of low i'm gonna give it two two out of five death Whoa. stars Damn. yeah okay that's tough that's tough. that's a tough beat two and a half i gave it two and a half because the black k assassination attempt was so good mm-hmm. and it got an extra 0.5 for me but yeah yeah no i get that i mean and who knows because we did we were able to at least speculate a lot of stuff that could be going on in the background with this like with fennec and some of the other things so maybe maybe there will be some sort of reveal that will make this episode a little bit cooler and I will mm-hmm. definitely eat crow if that happens. I'm okay with eating <laughs> with that. Um, but yeah, so right now this is, I think the weakest of the season so far. So my power ranking currently is chapter two, chapter one, chapter three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two, one, three, same for me. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that uh, kind of does it for this episode. Do you want to go ahead and close out the show? Yes, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of Blue Milk Drop. If you like us, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Milk Drop. Share us with a friend, tag us in your stories, let us know you're listening, share us with a friend. And if you could, please go on Spotify and iTunes and give us a five star review. That would be amazing. Be sure to hit us up at bluemilkdrop at gmail.com or you can send us a DM on Twitter and Instagram if you have any thoughts or comments on the book of boba fett or anything else and we will gladly read it on the show and i we will see you next time bye guys bye